At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit commonwealthmatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to The Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to The Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson, Executive Director of the Commonwealth Policy Center. And in case you haven't heard, a bill has been introduced in the Kentucky State Legislature to legalize what they call HHR, Historical Horse Racing uh, Machines. Uh, And with me to unpack this and to talk about uh, the the gambling issue in general and HHR and instant racing machines, uh, Les Bernal of Stop Predatory Gambling is uh, joining me. Les, welcome to the program. Good morning. Hey, it's uh, it's really good to have you. I have been able to follow your work from afar. I've uh, been getting your email updates for a couple of years now, and uh, you have addressed the issue of not just gambling, but state-sponsored gambling. And I'd like you to um, unpack that a little bit. Um, what What is the difference between state-sponsored gambling and two guys that just have a deck of cards and they decide to gamble amongst themselves? Sure. So the, the, the latter that you described is, you know, if you're on a golf course or you're bowling and you have a, you know, a, a friendly wager with a friend, we, we refer to that as a social gambling. And, you know, there's, there's no house involved, you know, meaning that no one's encouraging you to do it. There's no, um, no one's borrowing money to participate in it not using credit cards to do it. No one's advertising it, you know, and it's really usually a, a one-time type of thing. Predatory gambling, uh, which is also what we refer to as state-sanctioned gambling, is when state governments partner with very powerful corporate gambling interests to actively uh, incentivize, encourage citizens uh, of all political stripes to lose their money on games that are literally stacked against you. So instead of working in the in the public interest to help people build assets and create a middle class, it's a it's a government program that that shrinks the middle class, and is really you know arguably we think the most neglected problem, and not just in Kentucky but in our country today, because over the next eight years the American people are going to lose more than one trillion dollars of personal wealth to state-sanctioned gambling. So there's no other policy reform that would make a bigger impact to improving uh, people's uh, economic position, improve, expanding the middle class, getting people out of poverty, then if you start even reduce that, the amount of losses that the public is suffering to government-sanctioned gambling by 50%. Les, how would you convince legislators who say, look, people in my district are gambling anyway, they're going across the river, let's say they're in Louisville or Northern Kentucky, they're going to uh, Indiana or Ohio, they're doing it anyway. Why not just legalize it here, capture some of that revenue, rebuild our infrastructure, our roads, our schools, and um, people are, they're going to do it anyway. How do you respond to that? So, so that argument that you just very, you know, clearly laid out is that that's a recycled argument that gambling lobbyists use in state after state after state. The companies that are trying to get into Kentucky for casinos and other forms of big time gambling. Like those aren't just 
unique to Kentucky. Like these are national companies that they go in, they go into Ohio and they say, hey, listen, if you don't legalize casinos here in Ohio, they're just going to go to Indiana and Pennsylvania. You know, meanwhile, those same gambling companies that are lobbying in Ohio, they're already in Pennsylvania and they're already in Indiana. So they're just looking to expand the amount of citizens that are losing their savings to what really are, are, are stacked gambling games, games that are, you know, it's, it's a, it actually really should take a step back and make sure your, your, your viewers and listeners understand this, is that what, what, the reason why commercialized gambling is different, so if they're going over the border to do all this, what makes it different than bringing it into your state is commercialized gambling is a form of consumer financial fraud, okay? It, it's, a, it's a big con, and that's what makes it different than any other business that happens in Kentucky right now, including horse racing, okay, and any other form of vice. Whether it's alcohol or tobacco or anything else, commercialized gambling is a big con. So it's you know if you go out and buy a piece of pizza, you go order a glass of sweet tea, you go see a movie, you know that's what you receive in return. With commercialized gambling, whether it's casinos, lotteries, sports gambling, you name it, it's a financial exchange. Okay, it's a financial exchange. That's what it is. Yeah, and what you're what you're getting is the lure that you might win some money, okay? But that lure, that, that whole exchange is, is literally stacked against the everyday citizen in favor of the people who are running the gambling game. So it, it's, it's, a, it's truly a, a big con and, a consumer, and it's a form of consumer financial fraud. And that's why it's illegal for any one of us to go open up our own casino, open up our own lottery, anything else, because it's a form of fraud unless the state partners with you. So just, you know, the fact that the other states are ripping off their citizens, you know, clearly, you know, and, and those states still are suffering major budget deficits for the reason, because it's a form of fraud, is no reason why, you know, there's no merit to Kentucky going into this business. And, and the last thing I want to say quickly on this is the reason why they, all the proponents, the gambling lobbyists and the legislators that bang the table for commercialized gambling, the reason why they have to point to out of state, all these other phony arguments, is because there's no merit to this policy. It's, it's a form of fraud. So when something is dishonest, the people that stand to benefit from it speak about it dishonestly. And, and the last thing I, I want to say on this point, which is really critical, and it kind of underscores what a huge fraud this is, all these legislators in Kentucky and elsewhere that are pushing this. Commercialized gambling is the only product or service in the world where the people that own it and promote it don't use it. Okay, but it's, it's great for your family. It's great for all your listeners to go out and, you know, buy $20 scratch tickets or lose their cash on these, you know, uh, uh, fake slot machines that they call horse racing machines in Kentucky. It's, it's great for your family to do it. But meanwhile, you know, I, I don't gamble. I own the games. I'm making a heck of a lot of money from it. But I'm putting all my money in college funds for my kids, a housing fund, an emergency fund, and retirement fund. And that's why... You know, in states like, you know, across the country, you know, and this is true for Kentucky, roughly 70% of citizens have less than a thousand bucks in the bank. And almost half the citizens have zero in savings. So instead of building assets, helping people create wealth, we're ripping them off with these rigged games. Les, those are bold statements. And, and you're speaking with clarity and with conviction. And I'm hearing arguments from you that I don't hear uh, often at all. Uh, so here in Kentucky, just to set this up a little bit, 
there is a gambling culture that we've had here for uh, 100 years. Uh, we've had the horses. Uh, Churchill Downs has uh, the Kentucky Derby. Uh, horse gambling has been accepted, or gambling on the horses has been accepted uh, in our culture. Uh, and yet an observation is that Kentucky has been near the bottom in the country when it comes to uh, gross domestic product, when it comes to employment, when it comes to uh, a number of other factors. We're a poor state, in other words. Uh, but now the arguments are being made by very influential people. The Chamber of Commerce, for example, is saying uh, they're strongly for this bill that would allow the slot machines at the racetracks. Uh, they're saying this is an economic development issue. They're pointing to thousands of jobs that have been created either through uh, building new infrastructure or through hiring new hires at these uh, venues. There, there are six, by the way, in Kentucky, six of these casino-like venues. They're saying, look, it's about building the economy. It's about infrastructure. It's about jobs. Uh, so not only do you have the Chamber of Commerce that's strongly in favor of this, but you have uh, Kentucky's chief executive, Governor Andy Bashir, is a big proponent of casino gambling, and uh, or, or this the, the, the uh, HHR and the and instant racing at the at the tracks. He's pointing out to the revenue that the state's getting. Last year was about twenty one million dollars. So how do you answer? There's two things I've got there. One is how do you answer that this is an economic development issue, new jobs, new infrastructure, new opportunities, and then also that tax revenue is coming into the state as well. So we'll take the, the, you know, kind of in the phony argument, this is about jobs. As I kind of started this conversation off with commercialized gambling, what makes it different than any other business is it's a form of consumer financial fraud. It's a rigged financial exchange against, you know, the citizens. So the idea that just because you're employed, okay, you get a job ripping off your neighbor doesn't mean it's, it's a good job for the state of Kentucky, Okay. It's it's a it's a con. It's a it's a huge ripoff. And and one of you you know a state not far from you, the state of Illinois, brought in casinos with all the fa same fanfare that that you have in Kentucky and Churchill Downs, which is was was a big player and continues to be a big player in states like Illinois and elsewhere. Right now in Illinois, there's you know, there's more gambling addicts. It's like you know, and people that terms of come forward to say ban me from the state's casino. There's roughly 12,000 to 13,000 citizens that have, have banned themselves from the casinos. And there's roughly 7,000 people that work at the, at the 10 casinos in Illinois, full-time and part-time jobs. Okay? So not only is this a big form of consumer financial fraud that rips off citizens and is keeping people in poverty, it's also a business model that's based on creating and, and profiting from people who are addicted to the product. You know, so half the profits in casinos come from people who are addicted. So any leader who stands up, regardless of your political stripe, and you say this is good for your citizens, it, it is, the, it is the, the symbol of a failed leader. You know, and, and both parties are guilty of this. You, you have, it, it really reflects how, how poor our political leadership is today. And it also reflects we as citizens have, have you know, have settled, you know, for, for, you know, for, for nothing. Like, you, you, this is a, a huge con, and, and the only people that benefit from this are the people that run the games. And that's why, in Kentucky, you know, there's no grassroots movement for casinos. You know, the Chamber of Commerce, they're getting money from these gambling interests to fund their membership. All right, have them, you know, reveal how much they're getting from gambling interests. Those guys in the Chamber of Commerce, and some, you know, men and women in the Chamber of Commerce, 
They all have retirement funds, most of them. They have investments. They own real estate. They're not going to be spending, you know, a thousand bucks a week at the local casino. So it really shows the failure of leadership. If you're an educated person in our society today, you have a duty to care. And also as a, as a you know, whether you're a Christian or any other faith group, you, you have to, you know, you're supposed to care about your neighbor. If, you, if you're if you're a well-educated person today, you know what a con this is, and you're not going to lose a penny on this, but you want your neighbor to do it. I mean, that that's the complete opposite of, of loving your neighbor like yourself. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point, Les. I mean, the, the the great commands that Jesus gave were to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is just like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And I guess if you see your neighbor doing something that's going to harm them, or if you see an activity coming into your community that's going to harm your neighbors, then you do have a duty to stand in the gap and to speak truth and to warn others of, of what's happening. Uh, I, I, we're at a break right now, but I want to come back to the question, some of the, some of the arguments that pro-gambling forces would use to address some of the things that you just said, but we're on a hard break. If you're just joining us, I'm Richard Nelson with the Commonwealth Policy Center, here with Les Bernal of Stop Predatory Gambling, and we're talking about the latest push to bring casinos into Kentucky. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson, host of uh, the program with Les Bernal, and we are talking about the latest push in the Commonwealth of Kentucky to legitimize uh, HHR. These are uh, what the horse industry calls historical horse races. They also call them instant racing machines. Essentially, these are slot-like devices, video slot machines, that uh, six of the tracks have put across the state. Last year, they brought over $2 billion was wagered in these machines. Uh, $20 million uh, in tax revenue came into the state. And the legislature's being strong-armed and pressured to ratify uh, these machines. By the way, just for some context here, the, uh, the legislature's never voted on this. There's never been a legitimate hearing where both sides have presented their cases it was the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission 10 years ago that magically discovered that this is really a form of betting on horses. It's a new form of horse racing. They call it paramutual. And after a 10-year legal battle, the state Supreme Court unanimously ruled back in September that, nope, this is not paramutual. This is more like a casino gambling, which is illegal in Kentucky. And uh, they said, you can't do it. You need the legislature to ratify it. And here we are. Uh, Les, one of the, one of the uh, things that I hear often, an argument I often hear, is that, uh, uh, you know, the state can't protect people against themselves. If they're going to gamble, they're going to gamble. Uh, but if you're going to do that, if you're going to stop people from gambling uh, at one of these venues, then you better outlaw alcohol because people develop addictions there and they harm themselves with that. Or... Uh, tobacco. Maybe we should just ban tobacco because uh, people are uh, harming themselves through that. I, I hear these arguments here in Kentucky. Uh, I know there's a response, but I'd like to hear yours. Sure. So it, it kind of, it's kind of rooted in the argument that we, we, you know, we've been touching on here is, is that what makes commercialized gambling different, whether it's casinos or state lotteries or, or commercialized sports betting, what makes, those, what makes commercialized gambling different than any other business in Kentucky, including other vices like alcohol and tobacco, is it's a big con. It's it's a form of consumer financial fraud. So if, if I have a you know order a glass of wine or order a beer, you know that you know even though you know obviously 
you know, if you do a lot of that, it certainly can be harmful to your health. But that's what I get in return. I, I get a beer in return, okay? If I put my money down at a restaurant or whatever, that's what I get. I get a beer back. If, if I'm putting, placing wagers in the slot machines or, uh, or $20 scratch tickets or all the other, you know, form of consumer financial fraud that the state of Kentucky is putting in front of people, I'm, I'm guaranteed to lose that cash over the long term. And so you, the taxpayer, the two thirds of citizens who never gamble, like, why do you, why do you think states, you know, not, and this isn't just unique to Kentucky, but it's true for, for almost every state that's in the commercialized gambling business. Why do you think so many people are trapped in poverty? Okay, there's, there's several reasons for it, but one of the most important reasons why is in every street corner and all the, the poorest communities of our country, including in Kentucky, your state government pushing rigged games and marketing them to people, these gambling games are the chance to change their financial future. Meanwhile, the two thirds of the public who doesn't gamble at all, they're putting all their money into funny, you know, retirement funds and, you know, chamber, you know, chamber of commerce, they're all their investments. They're so, like, they're not, they're not getting ripped off on these games. So this is a form of a fraud and, and it's illegal to rip off your neighbor. And that's what makes it different. So if you and I are having a friendly social bet on something, you know, if we go golfing or whatever it may be, like there's different, there's, there's no, there's no house involved in that. When the state is the house on this, you are ripping off the public. It's, it's a, it's, it's a dishonest thing. It's just, just like what's happening on wall street right now with these GameStop ripoffs. It's a con. Okay. It's a, it's a it's, you're manipulating citizens. And, and that, and that's why, that's why it's illegal for anyone else to run a casino or to run a lottery in the state of Kentucky, unless the state allows you to partner with them to do this consumer financial fraud. That's good. Les, you'd mentioned earlier that uh, in the next eight years, uh, citizens in this country are projected to lose a trillion dollars. With that in mind, uh, first of all, do you have a, do you have something you can point to? Is there a study or uh, somebody that's come up with those numbers? I'm curious. Oh, well, yeah, it's not, yeah, the gambling industry is some. So there's a, a company called H2 Capital, which does you know, na- uh, national gambling research in the United States, but they do it around the world. And, and, and it was in, you know, they had a public study that was published in The Economist that showed, you know, in 2018, the American people lost $118 billion of personal wealth to commercialized gambling. And so you just, you just push that out over eight years we did, without even increasing new forms of gambling, like not adding new casinos, you know, not including if you add casinos in Kentucky or adding online gambling like states are doing now. Just They just kept the status quo over eight years. That's more than a trillion dollars of personal wealth that citizens will lose. And so that's, even a, so that's a conservative number. I mean, it's actually even more than that because since the last two years, states have even pushed even more extreme forms of gambling into people's communities. And I think one of the most important things that hasn't been stated yet in our conversation and has not really come up in Kentucky is it's pretty because you have Democrats, you know, again, this, we're a nonpartisan group. So we have people from the left and the right who work together on this. So this isn't set in a partisan vein, but you personally have a, you know, a Democratic governor and, and Democrats, you know, you know, position themselves as being advocates for people of color. The people that are most impacted by government sanctioned gambling, like government sanctioned gambling is, is a form of, of a, it's a 21st century form of Jim Crow law, okay? What, we're, what we've done is to push the tax burden from everybody, instead of everyone paying their fair share of taxes, by pushing these extreme forms of government-sanctioned gambling, what we've done is shift the tax burden away from 
you know, middle class and upper class folks, largely whom are white, onto the backs of low income people, a disproportionate amount of, who are African American and, 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 you know, black and brown folks of all stripes. That's what makes it so unjust. We're having this national reawakening, you know, in, in, in the wake of, of um, you know, the, the George, George Floyd uh, situation that happened in Minnesota. And, and everyone's talking about all these racist institutions and, the, the, you know, the states that, you know, how, how we're trying to reform all these things. The one that's escaped any scrutiny at all is the role of government sanctioned gambling. It's one of the, mo the most biggest, most aggressive ones of all. And so it's time Kentucky, any, any so-called progressive or democratic leader who says they stand for everyday folks and, you know, people of all, all stripes, you know, th this goes right to the heart of, of the, the, the Jim Crow era. So, you know, and it's rooted in the 1970s. It's come come full circle now. Now we're pushing online gambling and casinos. You know, if you go to these places that these that the horse racing uh, tracks that are pushing had the slot machines in them, I mean, that's not a you're looking at a large large amount of black and brown people that are playing those machines. You know, many of whom are low income folks. So you and so half the country, you know, you know the amount of assets that people have. A lot of them are, are, are positioned with people of upper income folks who are largely white, and you, you have a disproportionate amount of people, black and brown, who don't own anything. And here we are pushing slot machines and $20 scratch tickets and all these other forms of extreme gambling into these communities. That's good, Les. Uh, so, so one thing that comes to mind in the context of our conversation is the wealth gap. We see an increase in the gap between rich and poor in this country. Uh, is this one of the big factors why the proliferation of gambling across the country? Gambling, commercialized gambling, is the public voice of government to most citizens in the state of Kentucky and elsewhere around the country. What else does the state government advertise to the people of Kentucky? All right, it's it's constant calls to play lottery tickets. You know, now to get these games in with the with the with the horse racing slot machines. And so here you are, you're encouraging citizens to lose their cash, you know, and in a, a moment in a pandemic when, you know, people are living literally on the financial edge, they're living on a financial precipice. So instead of encouraging people to, to build wealth slowly over time, put this, put money into savings accounts, put money into index funds and so on, that, that that's how you build wealth over time slowly. That's what the Chamber of Commerce members have. They don't have, they're not buying a $20 scratch ticket to play in slot machines on a regular basis. But, but for, for all the poor folks out there, we want you to lose all, any available resource you have and put it into these. We're going to keep you in poverty. And, and the rest of us, we're going to lower our own taxes. We're going to shift the tax burden onto the poor folks. And so we can benefit. You know, it, it, is, it is absolutely it, it's, it's central to the, to the wealth gap in our country today. And, and that's, why we have, that's why we have strong support from conservatives and, and progressives alike who are genuine in, in trying to help people get ahead in society. Because at the end of the day, it's not just how much you make, you know, it's not, not just how much you earn, right? We're talking now about a $15 minimum wage and so on, all of which, you know, should be debated and have a discussion on. But it's not, so, but here we are, even if you stay like Kentucky, if you raise the minimum wage of $15, in every community, they're pushing, you know, gambling products to the same constituency that's making minimum wage to try to get them to lose all that money, you know, it's help, instead of helping them get ahead. So it's, it's not how much you make, it's almost how much, it's also how much you keep. And state government has an active role in helping citizens build wealth and create wealth. They're not supposed to be ripping you off. That's good. That, it's well said, Les. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, I'm Richard Nelson with Les Bernal. 
of stop predatory gambling. Les, we've got just a couple minutes until we I need to close. Uh, sports betting, that's another issue that's being pushed in the legislature. What do you say to those who argue that people are gambling on the games? They're, they're doing this. Uh, let's, again, capture some of the revenue, bring it into the state coffers. Let's regulate it to keep out the mafia and, and the mob. Uh, just a quick response, two minutes here until we have to close. Yeah. Again, those are the same recycle arguments that gambling lobbyists make because they can't stand up and say, this is great for your family. Okay, they have to make up all these you know, diversionary arguments to try to ram it through as they spend millions of dollars lobbying for it. The, the FBI is not standing up in Kentucky saying, we should legalize this to wipe out the mafia. I mean, you're not having public safety people of any credibility stand up and say this. You're getting gambling lobbyists and, and, and legislators who are in, in the pockets of gambling lobbyists saying this, this type of stuff. It, it, we don't need to speculate what, what gambling is going to look like, what sports betting will look like in Kentucky. All you need to look like, all you need to do is look at the United Kingdom. Okay, Great Britain has embraced online sports betting and, and, and all that that's come with it. And right now, as we speak, the parliament in the United Kingdom is, is in a wholesale reform of their gambling laws because it's, it's created, in the words of one member of parliament, an epidemic of child gambling. It's everywhere. You're, you know, Imagine watching a University of Kentucky basketball game and all around the arena there's gambling advertising. You have, you know, people, you know, pro sports teams wearing patches with gambling companies sewn into their uniforms. You know, that's what you're talking about. Every, every, you know, in, in the United Kingdom, one out of every five ads is a gambling ad. So what you've done is you, you've normalized gambling for kids and kids are the most susceptible to getting caught up into gambling. So, Anyone who says this, you know, it's, it's, no, anyone who pushes this, they have a, usually have a vested financial interest in it. it right. There's no grassroots movement for any of this. And all of your viewers and listeners, this is one of it's one of the most neglected problems in our country today. And if you care about the direction of your country, this is one issue you want to change the future of Kentucky. Is start reducing the amount of money that the people of Kentucky are losing to state-sanctioned gambling. Les Bernal, well said. Appreciate your good work. We're going to have to do another program because we're out of time. God bless and you keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you for all your viewers and listeners.